Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3, the evening runway with Elliot Danker, Timothy Go, and Chua Tian Tian doing market view slightly differently today. I suppose uh, to start us off, Tian Tian, uh, give us uh, a look back at uh, how we started the day. Right. So Singapore shares climbed this morning after global equities rallied overnight. So in early trade, the STI up 0.9% to 3,153 points. Uh, some 73.5 million securities changed hands in the broader market then. Now, numbers on the SGX, they are still firming up as usual. But here's what I have on my screen right now. The Straits Times Index up 0.96% and we're looking at 3,155 points. In terms of value, Turnover that's 1.22 billion sing dollars. The gainers outnumbered losers 293 versus 258. And top five movers by value we've got here DBS, OCBC, EOB, Singtel, and Citrim. Heavily traded securities Citrim, Aspen, and Rex International. All right, uh, Tian Tian, what about uh, some of the companies that you're closely watching? Do you like to drink soft drinks, Tim? As long as it's full sugar. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to talk about this company called Fraser and Neve FNN. Uh, if you're going on your Chinese New Year shopping, your ch- chances are you will uh, come by this brand. Uh, this beverage maker reported net profit of $43.8 million for first quarter ended uh, December. And that is a 52.9% jump from the same period the year before. That said, if we look at revenue, it's down 0.2% to around $531 million over the same period. Now, shares of FNN, though, if we look at investor reaction, is up 1.88%. All right. Uh, we have to talk about DBS, uh, mm-hmm. the earnings out today, and, of course, uh, news reports. Uh, great PR spin. Uh, Piyush Gupta, the CEO, uh, taking a uh, cut in salary uh, accountable for the series of digital disruptions from last year. We talked about this quite a bit. Yeah, so basically, um, let's talk about that pay cut first, right? The juicy piece of news, a variable (laughs) compensation for Piyush Gupta, CEO, and other members of the management committee cut by 21% from a year ago. And that is to hold the group's management accountable for the year's multiple digital disruptions, right? And uh, in particular, uh, in its fourth quarter earnings statement, DBS said Mr. Gupta took a deeper cut of 30%, 30%, which amounted to $4.14 million. Now, let's go back to the earnings numbers, right? Uh, DBS net profit, $2.27 billion for the fourth quarter and December, which is 3% down from the figure recorded in the year-ago period. Now, that net profit figure included one-off costs, and that missed... Uh, $2.39 billion consensus forecast in the Bloomberg survey of two analysts. If we exclude a one-off cost uh, arising from two things, one is the acquisition of Citigroup Taiwan's uh, consumer banking business, two is this uh, $100 million CSR commitment to charitable causes, net profit would have been uh, $2.39 billion. But uh, that $2.39 billion figure also missed the estimate uh, in a Bloomberg survey of analysts, uh, they expected $2.44 billion. Now, if we look at 
the net profit figure, excluding one-time uh, one-off items, right? It was two percent higher than the previous Q4, so still somewhat better. But what's worthy of note for investors, perhaps, is the fact that DBS declared a dividend, fifty-four Singapore cents per share for the period, mm-hmm. up from forty-two uh, Singapore cents per share in the previous Q4. In addition, it also pre- Propose a bonus issue on the basis of one bonus share for every existing 10 ordinary shares held. So, seems like it's looking quite good here. Uh, as far as the counter is concerned, it is up 2.59% DBS here. So, you were talking about, uh, collectively, the management committee will, will have their bonus cut by 21% mm. from a year earlier. The question now is, what is going to happen with that money? Are they going to be distributing it to people who were inconvenienced by all those... Um, uh, you know, issues that they had last mm-hmm. year? Or would it be to reinvest it back, right? I, I guess it's a, it's a question that we will gradually we'll see more answers as the time goes by. Um, but from DBS, uh, I'd like to take your attention, attempt to look at Capital Land Investment. It is acquiring uh, three new assets, I believe, two industrial properties in Singapore through self-storage platform Extra Space Asia. So uh, the latest acquisitions comprise a freehold industrial asset along uh, with an industrial asset located near Holland Village, which is said to come with a long land tenor, lease tenor. Now, upon completion of these acquisitions, uh, Extra Space Asia plans to convert both assets into self-storage facilities. At the same time, if we look at what happened back in December 2023, uh, Capital Land Investments, a logistics platform, Capital Land Sea Logistics Fund, or Southeast Asia Logistics Fund, also completed the acquisition of a 20-hectare freehold greenfield site in Bangkok. And that marked its first uh, logistics property in Thailand. So I suppose exciting day for uh, or exciting days, in fact, for Capland Investments as it tries to really deepen its presence in this uh, self-storage space and also the logistics sector. All right, uh, let's take a look across the region, Tian Uh You've got something on China's largest chip maker, Semiconductor Manufacturing International Corporation, more commonly known as SMIC. Uh, tell us more about this. Right, uh, two things uh, here. One is the latest earnings numbers or revenue figures, expectations. The second part is the assessment of the global chip market. No. So let's take you through the numbers as always, right? Um, SMIC said... Fourth quarter net income was at 174 million US dollars. It's down from some 385 million US dollars in the quarter. Uh, And that's for the fourth quarter number. And that's down from 385 million US dollars in the quarter a year ago. It also missed average uh, analyst estimate of 277 million US dollars. So if we look at the miss, right, expectations 277 million versus what is in for 4Q, uh, 174 million is quite a big miss over here. Mm. Now, revenue for the quarter, though, uh, up 3.5% to 1.68 billion US dollars, which is slightly above uh, average revenue estimate. So, gross margin for the first quarter of the year expects uh, between 9 to 11%, compared with 16.4% in the fourth quarter of 2023. It doesn't really seem like that good of a picture looking at the numbers uh, alone, but let's take a look at how it assesses the wider business environment here. Basically, um, Semiconductor Manufacturing 
International Corporation, SMIC, said the global semicon industry is seeing some bright spots after a year-long slump. But growth would be mild and demand recovery was insufficient to support a strong and comprehensive rebound. And speaking to analysts on a conference call today, its co-CEO noted that while SMIC started receiving a surge in orders from the likes of smartphones and personal computer manufacturers late last year, it was cautious on whether this was sustainable. So shares in the company fell by over 4% in the morning after that cautious forecast that 55% fall in fourth quarter profit. Right. And do you Some, want to talk about earnings? Yes, let's earnings. talk about TeamViewer. You've been using a lot of TeamViewer, right? <laughs> it was a big thing during the pandemic as well, just like DocuSign you were talking about yesterday. Yeah, so TeamViewer, what's happening here, um, if we look at earnings, reported higher than expected fourth quarter revenue, helped by partnership with tech companies like Siemens. Mm-hmm. Okay, a little bit of a numbers, a lot of numbers for today. If we look at LSEC data, quarterly revenue up 8% from a year ago to 163 million euros. Analyst expectations or forecasts, 160 million euros. So it's just slightly above what was expected. Now, on a yearly basis, uh, it reported slightly higher than expected preliminary revenue. It rose 11% to 626 million euros. So in a statement, its CFO Michael Wilkins said the firm delivered strong 2023 results despite a challenging macro environment and currency headwinds. And just for some context, just like you know, the question we posed, DocuSign, what happens when people go back to work? Yeah. People go back to the office, right? Yeah. Is it uh, relevant anymore? Yeah, and it's apparent in the share price because team viewers' shares have declined since the end of COVID-19 related restrictions mm. where you know companies just use those remote maintenance software to connect computers of employees and those working from home, even factory floors as well back then. Yeah. So looking ahead, what are the expectations? Uh, team viewer expects 2024 revenue within a range of 660 to 685 million euros. Some savings to come from the Interruption of Manchester United shirt sponsorship to uh, positively affect margins in the second half. Didn't expect Menu to come up in here. Uh, yeah, well, they sponsored the, the yeah. sponsorship, but there's some yeah, there's some issues there. Uh, you talked about relevance. Uh, I'll tell you what, this is still quite relevant. Uh, Lyft. Yeah, right, Hilling. We don't have it here, but uh, yeah, if we did. Yeah, here's one that uh, came out uh, of the US yesterday. Uh, their earnings uh, is worth talking about because Lyft said yesterday that the company will guarantee weekly earnings for drivers. <laughs> How? <laughs> which is the first in the US, by the way, US right-hailing industry, which is dominated by Uber. And of course, that is a move to lure more drivers, right? Yeah. especially in the duopoly uh, space. Um, we know that last year, about 15% of Lyft drivers across the US, they earned less than 70% of what riders paid. Uh, after external fees. Hmm. So Lyft assured to pay the difference if drivers make below 70% at the end of a week. So that that's the guarantee hmm. over here. You'll make 70% of what riders paid. Um, but if we know, it could, could it be a move to gather more market share? I think that's the question because we know that it has been duopoly between Lyft and Uber in the US, right? And Lyft owns about 30% market share in a fierce competition with Uber. And it's not competing just for customers. You need to have the riders as well. Yeah. yeah. I think here's the thing about uh, ride-hailing, private uh, car ride-hailing like Uber and Lyft in the Mm -hmm. U.S. In some places, it is so expensive, it's cheaper to actually just rent a car 
to go from one place to another, return it, and, you know, it's more practical that way. But it just reminded me of a personal experience, right? Yesterday, we were just talking about it after we got off work. Mm -hmm. For a 10-minute ride, 18 bucks at 6 p.m., we might as well take the public transport for countries where public transport is quite accessible. So, like, you know, when I went from JFK to New Jersey, it was cheaper for me to just rent a car for $60.00 paid insurance because an Uber would cost me about over $100 plus tip. Wow. Oh, yeah, the tip as well. So, uh, well, I guess a lot of things to think about this year and uh, this week as well as we pass through all that earnings report. Uh, I don't know how much uh, ride-hailing I'm going to take during the Chinese New Year weekend. It's going to be It's going to surge. In fact, it's already started surging. They're starting their search price early. Uh, all right, thanks uh, very much uh, for that rundown, Tian Of course, Tian returns at 5.35 with the finance update. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.